Hello, and welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for December 1. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. From New Testament times, anyone who has said that Jesus Christ will return one day has been considered crazy. Certainly the idea of him bursting through the skies in a blazing display of power and glory doesn't come easily. And now centuries have passed and nothing has happened. That said, there are times when unexpectedly momentous upheavals occur, events that can impact the course of history. We saw this with the fall of the Berlin Wall in November 1989 and with the destruction of the Twin Towers in New York City on September 11, 2001. The first was accompanied with joy, the second with fear and anger that led to war. In Luke chapter 21, we're taken to another of Jesus' key predictions. In that chapter, we read his prediction of events before his return. There will be signs and sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. The words about signs in sun and moon and stars are apocalyptic language, speaking of times to come in highly metaphorical form of expression. People will faint with fear and foreboding at strange and forbidding events, Jesus says. Furthermore, he speaks of his return as the coming of the Son of Man. His Jewish hearers would have understood this as the fulfilment of the prophecy of Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 following. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a Son of Man, and he came from the Ancient of Days, and he was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. Daniel chapter 7 speaks of the Son of Man being publicly enthroned at God's right hand. All peoples, nations, and languages will be brought under his rule. Everyone throughout the universe will see it and understand its significance. Now it's important we feel the narrative impact of this prophecy. Having spoken of his arrest, death and resurrection, the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple, Jesus now speaks of his return. His first predictions came true. So will his prediction concerning his return. On that day, everyone will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We can only begin to imagine what this will mean. It might be helpful to take the splendour and pageantry of royal occasions on earth, such as a royal coronation, and then multiply the scene a million times, and then a million times more. We might then begin to imagine the dazzling glory, might and majesty, power and purity of the coming of the Son of Man. That said, we easily forget that it is a fearful thing to come near the living God. 3,000 years ago, the giving of the law to Moses caused people to tremble with fear as they stood at the foot of Mount Sinai. Isaiah's vision of the Lord in the temple caused him to cry out, Woe is me! And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11, Paul the Apostle says, Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. 
so it's essential to keep in mind Jesus' words to his people. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. We are not to be fearful or downcast, but rather lift our eyes to see the fulfilment of all that our hearts have longed for, the return of the great King in all his glory. Jesus points to an end time and the beginning of a totally new age, one where there will be no more crying or mourning, where death itself will have passed away. What then should we be doing before this end time? Jesus concludes the chapter with an exhortation. He wants us to start living in the light of his coming kingdom and to do this now. And so in verses 34 and 35 of Luke chapter 21, he warns of dangers, dissipation and drunkenness. He speaks of lives dominated by short-term pleasures, dulling us to the deeper issues of life about which he is speaking. In an earlier parable, he spoke of people worn down by the cares of the world, their lives dominated by a longing for success. But such people, Jesus warns, will not be ready for the events that will unfold. To avoid disaster, we need to be alert at all times. This means being aware of the Lord's gifts and requirements to guide us through life now. So Jesus wants us to prepare for his coming, which will be truly the return of the King. And on that great and awesome day, he does not want us to cower but rather to stand before him, having the confidence of true and faithful servants. Stay awake at all times, he says, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. So let me pray. Almighty God, give us grace so that we may cast away the works of darkness and put on the armour of light, now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came amongst us in great humility, so that on the last day, when He comes again in His glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to life immortal, through Him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Lord Christ, eternal word and light of the Father's glory, send your light and your truth, so that we may both know and proclaim your word of life to the glory of God the Father. For you now live and reign, God for all eternity. Amen. And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip each one of us with everything good that we may do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Catherine Jacob, who leads a ministry for women in Birmingham, Alabama. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, is sung by the Chamber Choir of the Cathedral under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.